Bienvenidos, welcome to Chisme That Matters, a Latina podcast created to redefine chisme by having conversations about topics that matter. We'll be talking about personal finance, mental health, entrepreneurship, and so much more. This is your host, Kim Flo, and with our guest, we will be sharing our historias, expertise, journeys, and even our struggles so we can inspire and move our community. Here, every chisme, I mean, historia matters, and I can't wait for you to listen to them. And if you want some good and real chisme, this is the place to be at. I mean, come on, let's be real. Who doesn't like some chisme? Hola, hello, everyone. Welcome to another Chisme The Matters. And I am super excited as usual because I'm going to have an amazing chismosa and her name is Carla Santa Maria. And I am super excited to have her because she is such an amazing woman. If you don't follow her on Instagram, please go. It Her Instagram is coached by Carla. And she is a life coach. She's helping uh, Latinas to get out of their own way and fight imposter syndrome. And she's also the host of the Activate Your Potential podcast that he recently launched. So please check it out as well. And I'm excited to have this conversation with Carla because we're going to be talking about transitions in life. Something that we are scared to do, something that we have to prepare ourselves, but it's something that is amazing because changes are always good for our lives. So welcome, Carla. Thank you, Kim. It's so great to be here. And it's also so exciting to hear you introduce me like that. You know, like I feel like I'm still, um, first of all, you're the first person to ever introduce me as the host of my podcast so that's a new experience and that's really exciting so thank Yay. you <laughs> of course of course so like I love for my guests to introduce themselves a little bit more I know that I said a little bit about yourself but I would like for you to say a little bit more where you're born and all the good stuff yeah of course so I was born in Honduras I lived there until I was eight shortly before I turned nine my family moved us to the United States so I was raised in Miami. I lived here in South Florida for 21 plus years. And it's really, it's really a great place to live, not in terms of housing affordability, but in terms of the culture, in terms of the food, in terms of the music, in terms of the sense of community. I, I love Miami. I love having been raised here. So that's a little bit about where I'm from. Um, I also have the trifecta, what I call the trifecta of Miami education. So I got my associates from Miami Dade College. I got my bachelor's from Florida International University, FIU, and I got my master's from the University of Miami. So, and they're all probably within like a five mile radius. Uh, I've been in a few places in between, but somehow I, I always came back home. And that's really been sort of a big recurring theme in my life just home and my community and my family so yeah that's a little bit about me nice I love that I love that you love kind of being at home and so I I just I just want to since we're going to be talking about transitions in here I want to know a little bit more about like how your journey started um when you moved to you know Florida and because we if you guys listen to her podcast, you're going to hear a little bit more about her story and she go more in details. But for the purpose of this podcast, I want to understand a little bit more about like your, your background. How is it that you came about being a life coach? Okay. 
So I think that I became, um, so I call myself a Latina success coach. I work mostly with Latinas and with first gen women. So whether that is, you know, whether they're first gen college graduates or first gen immigrants or first in their family to move away from home, um, just a lot of pioneering trailblazing women in their families. That tends to be who I work with. And I spent about 11 years, the first 11 years of my career in education. So first K through 12 and then higher ed. And it's funny because maybe the last three or four years, I'd been joking that like, oh, I should do this like on the side. And when I said this, I mean, you know, like providing like career or academic coaching services because I'd had students come up to me, former students, you know, they graduated two, three, two or three years later. They'd be like, oh, hi, Carla. I don't know if you remember me. And I'm like, of course I remember you. Like, (laughs) you you know what I mean? Like I saw you every single week for two years. What makes me think I forgot you? Um, Anyway, she was great. So, so it was things like that. They would come back, you know, like year after year, like after graduation, Hey, you know, I'm getting ready to start grad school and I wanted to pick your brains or, Hey, I'm getting ready for a job interview. And so, and so told me that you're really great at this stuff or, Hey, I'm getting ready to graduate and I want to apply for jobs. Can you help me with my resume? And a lot of it happened naturally because I was an an advisor, a program advisor for a while. But even after I had left that role, still people came to me. Even, I remember even like strangers, somebody sent me a message. Hey, I came across you and -and so-and-so recommended I talk to you. And, you know, like I want to transition into a career in higher ed. And so that's sort of what I had been working with. And in my mind, I had this, like, oh, ha, 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 I should do this on the side. You know, like I, it was always like, oh yeah, ha, 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 I should do this on the side. I should do this on the side. And then one day last spring, so, you know, maybe seven or eight months ago, I realized, wait a minute, why don't I do this on the side? <laughs> you know, like I have, I'm clearly, like I clearly enjoy this. I am good at it. I am known for it. So why shouldn't I believe in myself and my ability to launch my own coaching practice and reach a wider audience? And so that's how, and it's funny that you said that I'm a life coach because now I kind of like accept that term. I feel like success and mindset coaching, which is what I do, is sort of a a subset of life coaching. But when I first heard that, I was like, no, I am not a life coach, <laughs> you know, like, um, I don't know why I was so resistant to that term. And maybe, I mean, maybe I was resistant to it because deep down inside, I felt like I could be good at it, you know, um, but it's, you know, life coach, I guess is sort of like the broader industry, but my specific area of expertise, you know, the, the people that I work with tend to be, like I said, first gen women, first gen college graduates who are going through transitionary periods in their life. And I focus on career and academic coaching. So that's how I became a coach officially. That's how I launched my coaching practice. How I became a coach is what I mentioned, the the 11 years of education experience and program advisory experience. Um, So that sort of gave me the skills, the background, the pedagogical founding of, you know what I mean? Like coaching students, helping them find their strengths. But then launching my practice is something that is new this year as of 2021.
Wow, that's amazing. I love the story of your journey because it's something that sometimes people think that just because they graduate or they did something here and there, they cannot use it for a future career. And now coaching is very hot, I think, nowadays. I mean, it's always been around, but I feel like a lot of us are kind of discovering. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm a coach, but a lot of us are discovering, okay, hey, you know, I had the skills. Like, I could also help other people, you know, with this type of thing. You know, when back in the days, you say, oh, yeah, I'm just helping someone. That's all. But it's like, ah, why don't I do it more of, like, my career? That this is going to be my full-time thing, which I think it's a beautiful thing, you know? So for yeah. those who are sticking into like to, to transition into coaching or something, look at, I guess, look into what, what you can do. I don't know if maybe you have a little bit more of like advice in that sense that you can maybe provide to people who are listening, like if they want to be into the coaching world. Sure. So yes. So first full disclaimer, um, I, I do have my coaching practice, as well as my corporate career. And so when you talk about, you know, just because you you got a, an education in something, I was like, oh, yes, yes, yes. I want to talk about that because that was actually one of my limiting beliefs. I transitioned careers. I left higher education a f- in a few months ago, whenever July was. <laughs> so a few months ago, and I, I did this all in like, I made a whole bunch of transitions in my life in one weekend. Like I moved counties. I went from living in the city to living in the suburbs. I went, I became a homeowner for the first time. I transitioned careers. So I left education for the first time in my life and transitioned into like a corporate diversity, equity and inclusion uh, career. And then also launched my coaching practice. You know, so it's definitely um, a lot of transitions in the same period. Like I still feel like my head is spinning, like, whoa, <laughs> you know, I still feel like I'm, I'm trying to to find routines that allow me to do to pursue everything that I want to pursue at the time. Um, but yes, the, the limiting belief that I have to get over that allowed me to even launch my coaching practice and even to transition careers, because as much as I loved higher ed, I was disillusioned with a few things. I was disillusioned with the institution. I was I was just disillusioned and unhappy and I knew that I wasn't being paid my worth. And so I had to overcome my limiting belief because I felt that, oh, because I got my master's degree in community and social change, that I had to have a job where the words civic engagement were in the title. And, you know, I felt like, oh, because I got my master's degree related to systems and higher education, I had to work in higher education. So I think I had accidentally put myself in a box. I had accidentally started believing that the only way that I could make my master's degree worth it, quote unquote, worth it, was to stay in in higher education. I don't know why I thought that, you know what I mean? Like, so a lot of the beliefs, maybe it has a lot to do with like being an immigrant and being, you know, or maybe being a millennial and being told to like get an education and education is everything. But at some point, you know, like, as I said, it wasn't, I wasn't aligned with it anymore. And I took a leap of faith. And so by launching my coaching practice, I can still do the very personal one-on-one level work that I love working, you know, predominantly with Latinas and first-gen women. And also, I can do the systems level work at a large corporate organization. So I never, 
if you had asked me a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, is Carla going to be working in corporate America and also, you know, working for like a large business and then also running, running her own business? I would have been like, what? No, no. Carla's going to be a professor, <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, you know, definitely and that's a little bit more context to like my journey and how I became a coach. But also um, I really do do think that, yes, like you said, coaching is very hot right now. Like there's a lot of things. And maybe that's also why I had this resistance to being a coach. Like I felt like I was hopping on a bandwagon and I was like, no, I know what I'm doing. Okay. I have a master's degree. <laughs> um, and again, like I, I had taken a value like of education is important and twisted it to to like to the point that like instead of it being an empowering belief it became a limiting belief um so definitely if someone wants to pursue coaching um i i can transition into that but i know that i just said a lot so i just want to give you a moment in case there's anything no, no, no. This is this is your time, girl. Like you gotta like give us the gems. And I love that um what you said about how you turn the your education, you know, like that into into two things, you know, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And it's not just because you have the one the masters or the PhD or so it's not doesn't mean that you can just stay in one spot or you have to work for a corporate America all the time. You know, and also I, I want to kind of go on the other side of the of the coin, right? Is that right at nowadays, uh, working for corporate is kind of like, oh my god, I don't want to work for it anymore. I want to have my own business. So a lot of people are pushing for people to, you know, to 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 grow their side hustle and stuff like that, which is great, right? Like I'm all for that, but that doesn't mean that working for corporate America cannot be beneficial for you, because I know that I've been working for you know a company for so many years and. I have taken advantage in a sense of like I've been learning from them and I also um, been able to grow my own things there with the resources that I've been able to to get from them, right? So uh, I think it, it's beautiful how how you have both worlds, right? Like you're working for this large company, but also running your own business, something that a lot of people seem impossible to do, something that you saw impossible to do as well I, a couple of years ago. So... Tell me a little bit more about that. I know you, you mentioned about limiting beliefs. Like what was the pivotal moment that tell you, Carla, you can't do this. Like you can do both and just go for it. <laughs> so the pivotal moment actually happened. It's, it's twofold. You know what I mean? Like, you know the phrase, like, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. So the first shoe dropped in Latina Equal Pay Day 2020 when I asked my boss, hey, am I getting equal pay for equal work? And he was like, um, um, I'm not sure. And he doesn't talk like that, but, <laughs> you know, but still, like, he basically, he couldn't tell me. Yeah. He was like, um, I, I don't know. We have to ask HR. Like, he kind of hid behind a layer of bureaucracy rather than being able to say, I can guarantee you, I looked into this and I made, and I advocated for you. No, because why would he, you know? So anyway, so that was like the first step um, in which I just wanted to make sure I was getting equal pay for equal work. Fast forward four months later, after like an audit with HR and they were like, no. And I was like, so first I remember telling this to my boss and, and his boss, 
I was like, I mean, all I asked for was equal pay for equal work. And first of all, it's not equal work. Let's acknowledge that. I am a top performer, you know? And so <laughs> looking back, I think that was pretty ballsy to like- No, have- <laughs> that's what you are deserve. That's who you are, girl. <laughs> but thank you. Exactly. You know, so it was like, it wasn't even, it's like, I, I wasn't even asking, hey, pay me what I'm worth. You know what I mean? Like, I was just asking, pay me equally. And then I was able to tell them like, listen, even if you pay me equally, that's still not even, that's even like the bare minimum. I'm a top performer in this team. Um. So anyway, so I, it was kind of really like disappointing and heartbreaking. Like I told you, I was very disillusioned with this institution to have been treated that way and to have been told like, oh, there's nothing that we can do, you know, feel free to file a grievance, um, whatever. And I remember it was about a month later that I was, I was just thinking, I deserve better. I, my parents raised me for better. I have worked hard to earn better. I deserve better than this. And I remember crying because I was feeling like I was telling this institution that I loved, I was telling them goodbye. So even though I'd stayed there for a few more months until I was able to um, make a plan, I, 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 was, I was crying because I was leaving. Like, I was like, I'm saying goodbye to you right now. Like, and I'm, and I'm grieving that and I'm saying goodbye. So I think that the pivotal moment started in October and ended in March, <laughs> you know, where, where I had that. And it's funny because now that I now that I think back, yeah, that happened in March. In April, I bought my domain, coachbycarla.com. So, you know, the amazing. Was, was, yeah, thank you. And then I, I kind of didn't do anything with it for a little bit. I didn't launch my practice officially until the end of June. So I think what made me go for it was the realization that I can do hard things. I have done hard things in the past. And I can do hard things again. And I want to help people. So that's the thing. I I think that my corporate job is meaningful. I think that driving systems change is important. You know what I mean? Like everybody is, yeah, you're right. It's kind of like the big thing right now to like, oh, you know, like say F you to corporate America and go do your side hustle. And like, yeah, that's great. I also think that I have a, an obligation to make change, to make spaces more inclusive wherever I can. And so for as long as I can feel like I can make a change, I will stay in that job. I will stay in my job, you know? And so how can I feel like I can do both? Let me tell you that like the key is setting boundaries. So first of all, eliminate the limiting beliefs that you can only do one thing. Eliminate the limiting belief that just because something is hard, doesn't, you know, that just because something is hard, it means that you can't do it. No, a roadblock only becomes a dead end when you decide that it's a dead end. Otherwise, it's just an obstacle that you learn to navigate. So eliminate those limiting beliefs, start to advocate for yourself, and then start to set some boundaries. When I am in my corporate job, I am in my corporate job, and I care about it, and I it's so funny because I have this written like on my computer screen, like on a post-it, and then I have it in notebooks. I have this phrase written down and it says, be the very best that you can be. Because I, like I said, I'm in that role because I feel like I can make a change. 
I'm in that role because I feel like I can work. I can use my skills, my expertise, my life experience, my authentic self. I can bring that to the table and help create a more inclusive environment. Because let's face it, corporate America isn't known for being a bastion of diversity. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like corporate America is known for being pale, male, and Yale. <laughs> you know, um, so my boundary and the way that I can manage, you know, everything, all the passions that I'm pursuing is by establishing firm boundaries. So I try to do my very best from eight to 4.30, you know, promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion. And then I try to be the very best when I'm at home and I make dinner and, and you know, spend time with my, with my partner. And then I try to be the very best coach that I can be when I'm with one-on-one -on -one talking to clients, when I'm leading a workshop, when I'm creating content for, for Instagram and, and to share my insights and preparing for a podcast, you know, so I try to really um, enforce those boundaries that I created for myself in order to protect my peace of mind. Because if you try to do everything, you're going to do nothing. Right. And so, like, how does someone who have a lot of different interests and a lot of different goals and a lot of different passions, how can someone work to them at, at all times? Well, you know what? One at a time, you know, first I do one thing and then I do the other thing. Mm, yeah. So many good words there, girl. I feel like, OK, so let's kind of like the decompress this whole thing. So. <laughs> One of the things I think is it's really hard to set boundaries, not only with other people, but I think the hardest is with ourselves because we know what we need to do, but we just don't do it for whatever reason. It's like, oh, we get distracted, this and that. So we don't have the discipline because I think boundaries and discipline go hand by hand. And And I'm not saying, oh, hey, you gotta have like this calendar that you have to set and and follow it, da, 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 and then you're gonna get upset when you don't. Because at the same time, it's like, okay, you gotta give yourself a little bit of grace because, like you say, you can't do it all, right? Especially when you're starting your own thing, it's hard to try to juggle between a corporate job. You know, if you have a family, like you have children, you have all these other activities. It's hard. It's hard. I was listening to this podcast by um, Kat Del Carmen, uh, and actually it was yesterday, I think, and it was some of the things that she was saying is that we need to learn how to simplify. And and I'm like, oh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by simplifying, right? And one of the things is that she was saying is that We need to make a list of things that are not adding to our our true potential, right? Whatever that is. It could be maybe you're spending too much time in the side of your business that maybe you shouldn't, right? Like let's say you're doing all the creatives and that. And I think it's it's interesting because when you start your business, um, when we start our business, like we are trying to cut in costs, right? Because it's like, it's only us. Like, I'm not going to pay someone to do this, this, and that because I, no tengo dinero todavía, you know? So we try to like simplify, right? And we try to do it ourselves. But then realizing that we are just damaging ourselves. It's like, do we need to be that extra in certain areas. And I think the reason why we want to 
be in that level is because we see other people doing other things and we're like, oh, I want to be like them. I want to, I want to have the account that account, the aesthetics that they have in the account. I want to, I want to sound like their podcast sounds, right? And, and it's hard to not compare yourself with other people because of social media, you know? But then at the same time, it's kind of like, are you starting a business or are you starting whatever you're starting because of you or because of other people or because you want to be like other people? I think there's a fine line there. It's like to really dig deep and be like, all right, why am I doing this? Is it because I want to be like well-known like those people? Or is it because I truly want to create something that is going to help the community? And no matter how it's going to look, no matter how it's going to, to be seen, I'm still helping. And let me just finish that because I want you to talk about this. <laughs> One of the things, I, it's funny because sometimes it's like, I feel like I have done videos, you know, in TikTok that I have spent time, you know, putting together and they're okay, you know, but I do a video that I do it for my car and it goes viral. And I'm just like, I just, so then it's just to show you, it's like when I'm just in my, in my natural place, you know, not like cube with lights and anything, it's, that's the way to be. So one of the messages is that just be yourself, be authentic and raw. I don't know. And and it's okay. And it's okay. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yeah. I love that. So first of all, I feel like that was me and the reels on Instagram. I feel like Instagram knows that if you spend more than five minutes on the reel, it's like, nope, it's not going to show it to anybody. Mm-hmm. It only wants to show it to people when you spend like 30 seconds on it. Same thing with me. I once I made a reel that it took me like five seconds to do it. You know what I mean? And it was like, and I think it was just showing like rest is important. Boom, viral. And I'm just like, what about the thing I spent 10 minutes on yesterday? <laughs> you know, like that had a lot of really great content. Why aren't you showing that to anybody? I know. Um, so yeah, but you see, I guess it just goes to show that it is about being like in the state of flow. And you said so many great things about, you know, like starting when you're starting your own business. So I recently hired the first person to help me create um, the things on, you know, like the carousels and the posts. Like I am, you know, I'm still at the stage where like I am writing like the, the copy of it. And then this person makes amazing, amazing posts on Canva. And I'm like, wow, that took you five seconds. And it would have taken me like five hours, you know? And so that goes to like this limiting belief of I can do it all myself. And why I say that's a limiting belief which is sort of paradoxical to what I said earlier that, yeah, you can do multiple things is that sometimes we like, it's almost easier to want to do everything yourself and then give up because it's too hard because you don't have time because my family needs me because my dog needs me because my brother's cousin's little brother's iguana needs me. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like when it's important too. (laughs) it's like oh I'm sorry I have to um go to the dentist a week from tomorrow so I can't make it (laughs) like so so yeah so then there's this when we try to to do something ourselves rather than ask for help it sort of gives us an excuse to back out if things get hard you know so that's why 
in a way, like, yeah, definitely, you don't need a graphic designer on day one. You don't need the most amazing podcast on day one. You don't need to hire, you know what I mean? Like redo an entire studio to have like the triple ring lights and to have a professional camera and thousands of dollars. I mean, like definitely, let me tell you, my podcast is from my laptop. It is not from a studio. So I know that as I progress and as I continue, that it's going to get better. You know what I mean? Because I made the commitment to start, because I made the commitment to show up, because I know that sharing things like this and like and, and sharing the experience is valuable. Because remember, I started my coaching practice because I wanted to help women. I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, like I I have a two-pronged approach. I eventually um you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to retire at 65. <laughs> so so definitely the the additional streams of income is nice. But you know what I could also do to, like, make money? I could go be a bartender and make $500 a night. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But that isn't going to bring me the joy and the passion that helping first-gen women is going to bring me. So being very, very clear on your why is really important whenever you're starting either, you know, becoming a coach or becoming any sort of entrepreneur, you know, and like also the thing about being like, you know, in a corporate America or in nonprofit or in academia or in medicine, wherever it is that someone is, wherever, wherever you are, be grateful because that place, that job that you have is your angel investor, you know, like that place that you have right now is a lot like what you said, you can, you can learn, you can make connections. And so when you are someplace and you're, you're looking at the world with gratitude, more good things are going to come. But when you're looking at the world with resentment, all you're going to find are more reasons to be resentful. And so, yes, be, be grateful and yes, set boundaries with yourself simplify you talked about simplifying oh my gosh my podcast episode tomorrow is about simplifying your life um but awesome (laughs) yeah so i'll send it to you but the thing about simplicity and it's so funny because um the the guest in the show her she goes uh, on instagram by the way minimalist we didn't talk about this on the show but it's something that i learned from her and that has made my life so much easier and that i shared with some some of um the attendees in my most recent workshop, and it's the concept of the daily three. And let me tell you that whenever I start to like flounder in my coaching practice or really anywhere, I go back to this method of the daily three. And so what the daily three is, is really honing in on the three most important things you need to get done that day. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that has been really productive and really like it has helped me realize the priorities in my business because um I was able oh my god I remember like I spent like an entire week trying to get back into my website because I had accidentally locked myself out you know (laughs) know, I was like how did this even happen you know but then I also spent another week just like changing the font colors. And I was just like, how can you, what? This is, this is not, this is not getting me anywhere. This is not helping anyone. This is not helping me. This is not helping my business. This is just making me tired for my job tomorrow. This is taking me away from, you know, from the people that I want to spend time with. And so when I really hone in on my daily three, 
-hmm. you know, that that's when I know that I am on the right track because it helps keep me focused. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, I don't know if you ever happen, if, if this happens to you, I'm sure it happens to like, like when you're, so, when you're procrastinating so badly that you start cleaning your house. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, let me do, let me do something that makes me feel good. Like I know I could get it done. It's like, that happens to me with my, with my laundry. The other day I was like, I got, I have to edit a podcast. I'm like, but you know what? Maybe if I do my laundry, it'll make me feel better, more productive to do it. Right, exactly. Or just like anywhere. Oh my God, it's so funny. I remember in college, the only times I would paint my nail was right before a test. Because that was like, I didn't want to, I wanted to do everything else but study. But again, and so with laundry, for me, it's like, all right, I need to go sweep the stairs because the vacuum doesn't sweep the stairs. And I was like, I need to go sweep the stairs. And I was like, no, no, you need to publish the thing you said you were going to publish. You need to send one email and you need to send one invoice. And I know, you know what I mean? And like, for me, like I had to tell myself, I know you don't want to do it, but just do it. And then you have the rest of the day for free because it was in the weekend. But on the weeknights, you know, I don't have that much time. I only like to spend a couple of, of hours. I, I really try to focus and daily three. So I know I have three most important things to do. And then I do them. And now here's the thing about simplicity and the daily three. You can't be sneaky. I remember trying to do the daily three when I was um, transitioning careers, when I told you that I was leaving higher education. And I was like, daily three. Number one, apply to three jobs. And it's like, no, that's three things, not one thing. <laughs> you know, so I was trying to like... Uh, but as much as possible. Yeah, exactly. But But really, that isn't... That's not how it is. It's like, all right, because I know myself and also for anybody who's applied to a job lately, you have to write the cover letter. Even if you already have one, you know, you have to make it, you know, specific to the job. I had to make minor changes in my resume so that it would match the keyboard tracking thing. And then I had to navigate that stuff. So for me, like once I realized, okay, apply to three jobs is in one task, apply to one job is three tasks, you know? And so again, simplifying your life, daily three is about setting priorities and setting boundaries. By setting those priorities, you're also setting boundaries because you're realizing, hey, I am not going to sit in front of the couch with my computer open and I'm not going to enjoy TV and I'm also not going to get any work done, you know? So just focusing, setting those boundaries with yourself. But before you set boundaries, be intentional and have clear and simple, straightforward priorities. I love that. I love that. It's so, you know, it's, it's something that we know that we have to do, but it's so hard to apply. And I think that's why it's important to have people like you, coaches like you that are going to help us to transition into that, going back to the transition thing, because I feel like even when you, when we're going to make a big change in our lives, I think those three points are so important, right? For any anything doesn't mean it doesn't matter if it's for a job doesn't matter if it's uh oh I'm gonna like buy a house this and that I think it's so important to just really write down the things that you need to to really really do in order to transition into whatever you want to transition. Oh oh yeah absolutely and those are I mean especially let's let's be honest like things in life tend to happen all at once 
you know what I mean? Like you'll be doing, um, like you're trying to graduate, but then your dog gets sick and then like your car gets a flat tire. <laughs> you know what I mean? Trust. Or you get promoted and then you also like have this vacation coming up and then, you know what I mean? Like things tend to be happening all at once. It just, it always is. That's why there's a saying, when it rains, it pours. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that I go back to and one thing that I, I, I go back to boundaries, but here's the thing about boundaries. You first have to know what your values are. So in order to identify your values, it takes a lot of reflection, like sit down and ask yourself, all right, I felt resentful towards that. Why did I feel resentful? Why am I angry with this situation? Why am I unhappy? And it's like, well, I'm unhappy that my boss texted me at 830 at night because I want to have very clear like work-life separation or I'm unhappy that my friend you know, move the dinner to Sunday because she's not respecting that Sunday is the days I go to church. And I don't go to church anymore, but, you know, I'm just saying, like, these are just yeah, examples. Yeah. Um, and so really identifying why you may be feeling unhappy and, like, really, like, asking yourself, like, what your values are, that is a very important part of not just setting boundaries, but also setting goals, you mm. know, but also because that can serve as, like, your guiding star you know like the north star you know so that your actions and your your actions need to be aligned with your goals and your goals need to be aligned with your values and those once those three things are aligned you can succeed in any transition because a lot of times remember how i said earlier that i feel like my head is still spinning you know Mm -hmm. from like all the changes but Mm -hmm. i'm still making time for the things that are important. I'm still, I actually just started a new journal today. Well, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, you know? And I've been carrying around in my purse, like, all right, whenever I get a chance, I'm gonna write things, I'm gonna write things down because I know that reflecting and journaling is an important part of who I am. And mm-hmm. so even though I'm going through all these crazy life transitions, I know that I I want to honor the things that are important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I said that I wrote, you know, be the very best that you can be, like in my desk at my job, because I know that I want to be someone who is honest, you know, and to me, being honest is if you agree to do something, then do it to the best of your ability. And so I agreed to to take that job and I'm, I'm doing it to the best of my ability. I am there making a change. And, you know, and like some people like, oh, you know, like just go through the motions, like clock in, clock out. Like to me, that's not aligned with my values. So that's not who I'm going to be. You know what I mean? And so whatever transition you may be going through, whether you're moving across the country, if you're moving across the country, find things that you love, find things that are aligned with your values. Whatever transition you may be going through, go back to what your values are. You know, if your values are honesty, if your values are independence, if your values are time to spend in nature, as long as you go back to like the values that are important to you and the things that are important in your life, then no matter what curveballs you may be going through, you're going to successfully navigate them. Mm, amen, Carla. Wow. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Honestly, I feel like knowing your your values, knowing who you are is such an important part of any transition in life. And it may sound like 
cliche or sound like oh we're everybody talks about it but it's so true it's like sometimes we think we know ourselves but it's not until we have to sit down with every part of our persona the good the bad the shadows you know the the mm-hmm. shiny parts is that we truly understand our our worth in a sense and um and i think that's important whatever you go Whatever uh, is not only in jobs, I think in even in relationships, even with your family, it's like it's so important to know what's your value. And honestly, there's there's not there's not an amount of money that it could cover for your worth. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and, yeah. that's, and that's that's one of the things we we had a live with um, with Evie from La Mala Mujer the last week for Latina Equal Pay Day because we were talking about oh people were like oh you know know your worth know your worth yeah but knowing your worth is not the same thing as asking for the for the money that you deserve for the services that you're providing right your worth cannot be put in numbers ever because it's the wild wing finito you know what i mean it's something like infinite but it's more about like why why are you doing what you're doing and to get paid what you deserve so Mm -hmm. i mean we can continue talking about this but it's like it's uh it's, it's such a broad topic right but I mean, and I can continue talking to you, Carla, because you are so amazing. I love it. And I'm sure whoever's listening right now is going to love this conversation. And But um, I just want to kind of end up this chisme with you, maybe with three things that you will like to share with our listeners um, for them to prepare. I know you give a lot of gems, but for in order for them to prepare for a transition, just like quick. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So think about the person you want to become, Hmm. you know, think about, and I'll use this example, not that I'm promoting diet culture or anything like that. Like I'm not promoting, I'm not promoting diet culture, live your life, but this is an easy example. Like somebody, you know, like, Oh, I want to be someone that does yoga, you know, or that, you know what I mean? Well then, then be somebody that loves that you know what i mean that like wakes up in the morning and and gets excited for that Mm. um like think about like a long-term goal you know like oh i want to spend more time with my kids all right then shape and like think about who you want to become and embody that you know like work towards being that sometimes people think that they reach a goal they do these things to like reach a goal. And then once they reach the goal, they stop doing them. So you see, like, it's so like, it's so silly, which is why I go back to like, you know, like somebody wants to, to um, reach a certain like athleticism, like for example, it's like, Oh, I want to be able, I want to be a runner. Okay. But then you're not just going to run three weeks. And then once you're running two miles nonstop and you can tell I don't run that much because most people are like, Oh, I just do that. Like on my lunch break, I'll run, you know, like 10 miles mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. So think about who you want to be and think about the habits that are you're going to need once you get there and then embody those habits. That's like my one, that's like my one teeny tiny problem with smart goals. I feel like smart goals are really great, but they're focused on outcomes. They're not focused on successful habits. And so mm-hmm. I focus a lot on like habit-based success or like think about it. Somebody's like, oh, I want to be, um, I want to retire at 50. You know, I want to retire at 40. And it's like, okay, well, the way that you're living now is so that you are 
going to have that kind of like financial independence and you can continue to live that way once you you reach that age, that number or whatnot. It's not that you're going to live on 50% of your income and then once you reach a number, you're going to spend lavishly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you see how that doesn't make sense, but somehow that gets left out of the conversation when we talk about major life transitions, when we talk about major goals and that we want to do, people only think about the steps that you do when you get there and you think that once you get there, it's over. No, once you get there, that's when the rest of it begins. You know what I mean? Once you reach, quote unquote, like your your savings goal or once you reach your required um, goal weight or whatnot or, or sustainable habits that make you happy or once you reach the the lifestyle you know and spending time with your kids it's not like you're going to rearrange your schedule to spend time with your kids every night and then you're going to stop doing those things and then all of a sudden you're busy again and you never see your kids you know what i mean so if you the really one of the most important parts of successfully transitioning is to continue the habits that get you there because that's the only way that you don't go back. So form habits and by sticking to those habits and thinking them as the embodying who you want to be, that's how you can successfully transition and move forward rather than fall back. Amazing. I love it, Carla. Thank you so much for joining me on this chisme. I don't know if you want to share any uh, information for people to find you, your Instagram, your website. Uh, yeah, thank you. So first of all, thank you for, for having me. I love being introduced as Chismosa. I love that you are reclaiming that because you know what? Chisme does matter, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Let's it talk does. about the important things. <laughs> or like my mom says, a mí no me gusta el chisme, pero me entretiene. Me entretiene, sí. So I'm on Instagram mostly uh, at, you know, at Coach by Carla. Um, and my podcast is called Activate Your Potential. And... Uh, in it, I in both my Instagram and my podcast, I'm a little bit on Twitter and, and stuff, but mostly on Instagram. I really try to to share insights, mostly to first gen women, to Latinas, to daughters of immigrants that help them navigate life transitions, that help them overcome imposter syndrome, that help them look inside of themselves, that help them tap into their inner strengths. So if you're ready for some empowering, um, actionable advice to help you realize your strengths and embody those strengths and become the person you want to become, then join the community and come say hi. Yes. Thank you so much. And I will see you through the webs, I guess. Yes. Perfect. Mi gente, I hope you enjoyed this cheese with, with Carla. It was so good. She shared so many gems about transitions and all the good stuff that we need to know to prepare ourselves to for any changes in our lives. So with that being said, I well, first of all, I want to ask you for a favor. If you enjoyed this cheese uh, man, please go on Apple Podcast and leave me a review and leave a little comment and all that. And if you want to share with your family, friends, that will be amazing. Anywho, with that being said, I hope you have an amazing rest of the week. Surround yourself with authentic vibes and so wear your mask because, you know, COVID is still a thing. <laughs> and please be authentic. I will talk to you next time. Limit.